0: Trust
1: in you. Greetings, Saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. And thank you, Father. Without you, this would be impossible. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We ask for your strengthening today, Lord, and especially uh, your understanding today, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, this is going to be Restoration of the Saints, number nine. And uh, this first revelation is very interesting. Um, Another interesting slant on prophetic scripture. As you know, I believe that there are more than one interpretation, not, not interpretations that cancel out interpretations, but more than one to be seen. The... We call this The Divine Image Destroyed, May the 4th, 2021, by Christine Beadsworth. And what I'm going to share is a portion of this blog page by Christine. She said, The Holy Spirit has been speaking much to me about the forceful drive being perpetuated worldwide to introduce a purported mechanism medicine via needle into every human on the planet. I have received a number of dreams bringing revelation and understanding, and I feel led to share these things in a series of posts. He started by showing me the whole scenario from God's point of view as he watches his beautiful creation being sabotaged. The visual picture which the Holy Spirit used was a wonderfully crafted palace surrounded by a high wall. This amazing edifice was guarded day and night from intruders, and only the king and those carefully vetted attendants serving him were allowed access. Then one day, a very destructive device was smuggled into the palace by a trusted page boy, and uh, the king was unaware that right within the throne room, the enemy had positioned one of his henchmen. We can see the same scenario in the positioning of Haman right next to King Xerxes. Oblivious to the danger, King Xerxes handed Haman his signet ring and gave him permission to send out a death decree. Esther 3 and 8. But we know our king was not oblivious, okay? He knew what was going on, and he gave this authority for a season, and then he gave it to the man-child, okay? She went on to say, The human cell nucleus is that walled palace. The human cell is created with a nucleus wall to protect the scroll of DNA within its nucleus. Just like a wall is built around a palace to protect the ruler of a nation, these very important, unique documents, our books or DNA scrolls, are guarded from marauders. Nothing is allowed to breach that wall, and only trusted messengers are permitted to enter or leave that hallowed place. From within the nucleus, orders are issued by the DNA and carried by the messenger RNA through the nucleus wall into the Golgi apparatus, which is a factory making proteins to build and strengthen the body. No other substance can pass through that wall except human mRNA. It is considered trustworthy to carry and deliver the messages issued. I once heard a plant virologist describe mRNA like a shopping trolley. You can load whatever you want in it and it will transport it to the intended destination. Now this works well when the human body is not interfered with. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. MRNA faithfully carries the instructions issued by the unique DNA dwelling in the nucleus citadel. Psalm 139, 14-16 I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are marvelous, and my soul knoweth it very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully formed in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book or scroll all the days of my life were written engraved before ever they took shape, when as yet there was none of them. Now, did you know that every single strand of human DNA is marked with the, same, with the name of God? How, you ask? Because there are sulfide bonds holding together the two strands of DNA, and they occur after the tenth pair of nucleotides, again after the fifth pair of nucleotides, and then six pairs later. And then, again, five pairs later. The tenth letter of the Hebrew alphabet is Yod. And the fifth letter is He. And the sixth letter is Vav. Yod, He, Vav, He spells Yahweh. I will say it again. God's name is on every human chromosome you are made in the image and sealed with the name of your creator. Every cell in your body is hallmarked, and it is this very divine hallmark that the enemy desires to obliterate. By injecting loaded messenger RNA into cells, one can sneak fragments of foreign enemy DNA through the carefully guarded nuclear cell walls, and unload their contents into the scroll of DNA that God wrote for you. That's like pasting some pages of counterfeit author's book into the middle of the instruction blueprint God wrote. What is actually happening is that the name of God written into the sulfide bond arrangement in the DNA scroll is being erased. Well, people do like to translate Bible verses uh, their own way, according to their doctrines. And, of course, it doesn't have the power anymore that it did have. Oh, back to Christine. The beautiful scroll engraved by God to create a man in his image is being sabotaged, and from that moment of splicing onward, instead of instructions being released from the palace, For life and health and security of the body, the inserted DNA loads up the mRNA trolley with instructions for the protein factory in the cell outside the palace to start manufacturing enemy spike proteins. The protein factory just does what it's told. Whatever orders arrive from headquarters are immediately carried out. To put it simply, once the potion is injected into the body, every single citadel guarding scrolls signed with the name of the Creator within you is hijacked and forced to issue instructions to manufacture weapons of death, which will not only kill you at some point, but also the people around you. It is a cleverly engineered coup on a worldwide scale to throw off the rulership of God over his creation. Just want to say one thing here. Um, It doesn't have to have any effect on you whatsoever if you repent uh, of permitting this to happen and turn to God and believe his word. Okay. So, who is behind this dastardly plot? what does Psalm 2 say? Psalm 2, 2 and 3 says, The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. The word for band means bond, halter, restraint, Is it not the carefully placed sulfide bonds that depict uh, Yahweh's name, which are disrupted and broken asunder by the vaccine contents? The word cord in Hebrew also means entwined, rope, thick boughs. Is the DNA not entwined like a rope? Perhaps you can see the plan of the kings of the earth, the elite, who are banding together and arraying themselves against the Lord. The plan is to hijack His creation, destroy His image, remove His signature, and transform the human body into a genetically modified part-human, part-computer, which can be controlled externally. There's your... Image of the beast being put together, right? Sounds like science fiction, but tragically, it is the truth. Satan hates all who are made in God's image. Every earthen vessel that is intended to become a dwelling place of his spirit, receiving daily communication from the throne room of heaven, for centuries he has been content to defile the bodies and souls of man by luring them into sin of every kind. But always his greatest ambition has been to sit in the place intended only for God in the human body. Second Thessalonians 2 and 4 says that his intention is to sit as God in the temple of God, setting himself forth as if he is God. Many are waiting for the third temple to be built so that the Antichrist can go and sit in it, but the body of Christ is the third temple. Amen. A temple not built with hands, and the diabolical deception currently underway is the first step in the rollout of the plan to install the abomination that causes desolation right within the holy place of the third temple. In the holy place, the place where the unique engraved scroll of your Creator is stored in a walled citadel, the enemy has already lifted up his battle cry. How apt is the cry of the psalmist in Psalm 74, 3-11? Direct your feet quickly to the perpetual ruins and desolations. The foe has devastated and desecrated everything in the sanctuary. In the midst of your holy place, your enemies have roared with their battle cry. They set up their own idol, emblems, for signs of victory. They seemed like men who lifted up axes upon a thicket of trees to make themselves a record. And then all the carved wood of the holy place they broke down with hatchets and hammers. They have set your sanctuary on fire. They have profaned the dwelling place of your name by casting it to the ground. O God, how long is the adversary to scoff and reproach? Is the enemy to blaspheme and revile your name forever? Why do you hold back your hand, even your right hand? Draw it out of your bosom and consume them. Make an end of them. Well, somewhat he is doing that. Somewhat. They have profaned the dwelling place of your name. There is no better description of what is happening worldwide in the human body than these words. And in every nation... Believers are being coerced into taking the supposed health-inducing jab. Is this not causing the great falling away described in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3? The totality of the scheme is to leave the third temple desolate, destroyed, overtaken, and subjugated to an ancient enemy who always coveted God's throne and the worship of God's bride. Uh, Apostasia, uh, the Greek for falling away, means defection from truth and comes from Strong's G. 647, which means to separate the writing of divorcement. How significant that a fragment of DNA writing is what separates or breaks asunder the record of God's name in the human DNA. Now, obviously, the the smuggling in of the death warrant to the guarded throne room involves deception and subterfuge. No one would allow such an intrusion if it was advertised by its true content. The coup is enacted under the guise of delivery of a basket of wishes for health and happiness. Pity, there is a poisoned apple in the fruit bowl. Revelation chapter 18 speaks of the judgment that is incurred by those who carry out this deception. As you read the selected verse, remember that the Greek word translated sorceries is pharmakia, the word from which we get pharmacy, dispenser of medicine. It's also the word uh, witchcraft, right? Translated sometimes witchcraft. Revelation eighteen twenty three b for your merchants were the great ones of the earth, for by your sorceries or witchcrafts, all nations were deceived. So it is uh, pharmaceutical deceptions which are employed to pull the wool over the eyes of all the nations. 2 Thessalonians 2.11 says, A strong delusion is released so that people believe a lie. The Greek for delusion comes from a root word meaning deceiver or imposter. So the recurring theme is deception which brings destruction. No surprise that pharmakia also means witchcraft and comes from a root word meaning drug poisoner. Poison is intended to induce the death of the victim. The word tells us that the life is in the blood. It is surely no coincidence that the foreign spike proteins which the human body is induced to produce after it is hijacked triggered blood clots, which in turn cause fatal heart attacks and strokes. It is Satan who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Satan desires to remove God's image and replace it with his image. Revelation fourteen and nine. He plans to remove God's name and replace it with his name. Revelation fourteen eleven. Ask yourself. Who else could be behind the erasing of God's name in your DNA scroll? Beloved, God says His people perish for lack of knowledge. Many pastors and shepherds worldwide are urging their congregations to receive the pharmacia they offer. May the sheep wake up and see the edge of the precipice before they plunge over it. I would urge you to guard and keep your temple holy unto the Lord. Do not allow it to be breached. Cherish His name encoded into the scroll of life within you and take refuge under the shadow of His wings. Do not run to Egypt or Babylon for help. Do all you can to boost your divinely built immune system. And do not allow yourself to be deceived. Be a lover of truth. Seek truth. Go after it. Second Thessalonians 2 is clear that it is those who do not love truth who will fall prey to the strong delusion wrapping its fingers around the globe. Do not succumb to those who call evil good and scheme to overthrow and render your holy place desolate. You will pay for it with your life. Rather entrust yourself to him who is the truth, the life and the way. Choose life that you and your children may live. and of course we have awesome promises all through the word of God that tell us that God is our healer. but people ignore his word at their own peril. She goes on to give 2 Corinthians 6:16 through18. And what agreement does a temple of God have with idols? For you are a temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from among them and be separated, says the Lord, and do not touch the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Almighty God. Okay, very true, very true, good points. Is this why they want to change your DNA? Um, This is a transcript of a Rumble video, Um, uncensored, SAM9921. God's true name is recorded within our DNA, so just let me go ahead and explain. Our chains of DNA contain four nucleotide-based pairs called adenine, guanine, thiamine, and cytosine, and then there's a unit within the DNA strand called a sulfuric bridge. This sulfuric bridge holds our entire DNA strand together. It only appears after every 10 nucleotide acids have been laid down, and then after every 5 nucleotide acids, and then after every 6, and then again after every 5 nucleotide acids. So we get this repeating numerical value of ten five six five within our DNA strand. Well, it turns out that the biblical name of God YHWH, and of course Christine added in the vowels, um, contains the same numerical value as our DNA strand: Yod He Vav. He equals ten five six five. What's even more interesting is that if you take the Hebrew characters of the name YHWH and place it on its side, you get the image of a human being. Part 3 of this video series suggests that DNA is a language. Many people uh, were wondering what God made the language of DNA. Researchers at Harvard University uh, announced today that they have found what appears to be a message from God written inside the human genome. In a little explored section of non-coding DNA, a team of top geneticists discovered a 22-word snippet of ancient Aramaic in which God confirms his existence, and his role in creating life on Earth. Quote, we knew the patterns weren't naturally occurring, unquote, explains Charles Watson, the lead scientist on the project, but we couldn't come up with any convincing explanation for them. On a whim, we started cross-referencing the patterns with language databases, he says. And we were shocked to find that the pattern correspond to ancient Aramaic. Stunned by its discovery, the team contacted language experts familiar with Aramaic, the language Jesus Christ spoke in daily life, entirely decoded the message reading, Hello, my children, this is Yahweh the one true Lord. You have found creation's secret. Now share it peacefully with the world. Unquote. Go tell the world who is the true God and creator of all. And here is a word uh, from Kenneth. That's the only name he left. DNA, good and evil seed. Here below is an amazing testimony of a 16 year old young lady from South Africa. It is an astonishing confirmation of the battle of good and evil and how it lives within us from birth. It is, again, a supernatural confirmation of the truths found in the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. It is a confirmation of the Daniel two forty three problem, where they mingled themselves with the seed of man. Hmm. Glory to Jesus. I pray this both edifies and blesses you with the reality of how our science, indeed God's science, is found in our Holy Bible. DNA Structure, a word for I am to his true set-apart bride in these end times. July the 9th, 2013, given through his beloved daughter Sarah. 16 years old, on the 5th of July, 2013. Please note that this word from the mouth of Yahushua, Hamashiach, is not specific to South Africa only, but is for his set-apart bride collectively. Yeshua stood next to me, dressed in white light. He stretched out his pierced hand and said, Come with me, my Sarah Princess, my Deborah Warrior. It was as if we were eagles flying over South Africa. He showed me different things in the country. I saw fires in many places. Yeshua smiled and said, It's my fire. My spirit is fanning the flame in the hearts of those who choose to walk the road less traveled, and those who choose to let go of the passions of the flesh. I am busy in this country. You call home, my love. There are many things to come, as you know. I see a big statue of Nelson Mandela with a rainbow around it. Yeshua looked at it and turned his face. Sarah Look at the way people make an idol out of man. Repent thereof. Then he said, The nation's pride will come to a fall. I saw the statue slowly diminishing on the inside until there was nothing left of the inside of the statue, but it was still standing. I saw people crying. Lots of people stood in groups and cried. Tell those who are so humbly and faithfully stand in the gap for this nation. Pray and plead for this nation that they will soon start to see the fruit of their supplication. While he said that, I saw many people praying and repenting for the things in this country. And, of course, this should be done in whatever nation you're in. Uh, The fruit of that worldly nation will be the elect of God. My love, remember, I said in my book, I put before you light and darkness, blessing and curse, and you have the choice. Which one do you choose? You are between two kingdoms, my love. At the same time I am busy, the wicked one is also busy. I am shining my glorious light through the words of my prophets and messengers, and those who give ear will receive blessing, the blessing of knowing the truth and having it make you free. I want to speak to you about what I am busy with so that my people can catch up with my heartbeat so that they can dance in the rhythm of my ways, my truths, my desires. I am busy gathering my bride into the ark where she will be safe. It is only those who have cleansed their DNA, those who have pure blood, that can enter. Sarah, tell my people to give attention to what I will tell you now. It is very important. It is a matter of purity and harlotry, salvation and deception, lukewarmness and fire. Give ear. The next moment it was as if I was inside a body and I see conception taking place. The sperm cell and the egg cell colliding, merging, and becoming a baby. I see the seed in very much detail. There were these little things, like white vessels, that looked like trees inside the seed. Uh, Family trees are genetic inheritance from our parents in the world, I would say. At the same time, while I was looking at that, I also saw the seed is like a book. And there are many, many words inside that very tiny seed. Well, that's uh, words passed along to our physical seed, cursing or blessing by our nature. Uh, the seed of the spiritual man is like a book also, the Bible. Our meditation on the word empowers and releases the spiritual man to control the physical man and the demons. And Kenneth's comment here. The psalmist wrote, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, unformed, in other words. And in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance, were fashioned when as yet, there was none of them. There we are again, Psalm 13916. Yeshua started to speak to me about the DNA once again. My love, do you see? Look at it. It's beautiful. Out of these little tiny seeds of human, a human grows. Inside of these little seeds, I put everything for a baby to grow. It is perfect. It is very special to see Yeshua so excited about how perfect and amazing and awesome He made the human body, soul, and spirit. Look inside the seed. Do you see the written things? It is a code. It's a DNA code. It's far above what any human can understand. That code, my love, determines who that baby will be. That code will form its character, personality, likes and dislikes. It forms the body and it forms the soul, but not the spirit. The spirit is born of spirit, my spirit. In your spirit, you inherit my DNA when you are saved, but this DNA This seed and inheritance is not saved yet. Sarah, inside of that seed is blessing and curse, sin and righteousness as an inheritance from your fathers. Well, for this reason, uh, mad scientists want to recreate the DNA after their own liking by perverting the food, the water, the air, uh, and by vaccines. And this way they can create the body of the beast. Amen. He goes on to say, This DNA is very, very important. Inside of the DNA code, there are supposed to be key essentials so that your body and soul can function the way I purpose them to. These seeds in the DNA are love proteins. And when you are born, the seed will sprout if it is exposed to the right elements. The mother and father are to nurture, comfort, affirm, accept, and love this gift from me. And the result will be gender identity and spiritual identity, a healthy and a whole soul and body. But now the babies are being exposed to trauma, even at birth, with the way this precious child comes into this world. The children are vulnerable to whatever the parents expose them to, even in the womb, and it has a great effect on them. Speak blessing, this is my word, speak blessing over the unborn. Yes, you can do that. It is the parents' work to build the child's identity through teaching them to find their identity in me. But they are exposed to the trauma of rejection, which is opening them up to demonic bondage. We see it everywhere now. So, he goes on to say, this DNA speaks all the time. It speaks of every word written inside of it. You can hear it, and I can hear it too. You hear it in your mind every day. Sarah Your inherited DNA affects your soul and body in a great, great way. Let me explain to you how it affects you in a physical and mental way. Your soul area is your mind, will, emotions, and desires. The seed in your DNA grows like trees throughout your soul. For example, if you inherited a seed of rejection... That seed will carry the hurts and the pain of the generations before you. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, rejection is passed on in the blood, and it is the the root of many curses and sins. We must get rid of it. It is a demon. And we've seen this to be true. Many don't know why they are the way they are, always lusting for acceptance and admiration from others, rejecting any correction or person that knows about them. Um, And the Lord goes on to say, that seed is in you, and when you experience any kind of trauma, trauma at birth as a child or any kind of trauma, the seed sprouts, and a stronghold forms inside your soul. Any perceived threat to the ego puts them in survival mode. That's my words. A stronghold forms to suppress the pain, he said. The stronghold is always rooted in pride, and fear keeps it in place. These trees are rebellion against me. This tree bears ungodly fruit in your soul, like perfectionism, judgment, fear, pride, etc. So, rejection is bearing much fruit in these days to separate the tares from the wheat, but repentance is possible through faith in Jesus' sacrifice. And these two seeds are manifested through one's actions and words. Uh, Matthew 13 and 37 says, And he answered and said, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man, and the field is the world, and the good seed these are the sons of the kingdom, and the tares are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy that sowed them is the devil, And the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are angels. As therefore the tares are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be in the end of the world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that cause stumbling and them that do iniquity, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth." Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He that hath ears, let him hear. And I will say I have watched the factious people uh, manifest uh, the fruit of this spirit um, of rejection and fear of rejection. And uh, ultimately it just takes them away. They get filled with demons and they are taken away. So God is separating the wheat from the tares through this. We are watching it. If you think he's overemphasizing here this, this spirit of rejection, you're wrong. It is the biggest problem out there. And he goes on to say, thank you, Lord. Because I love you so dearly and because you struggle so much as a little girl to understand why this father of love would would create imperfect, disabled little babies. I will show you why this happens. This seed of rejection, for example, can affect your body in many ways. Sometimes the sickness manifests in a latter stage because of trauma, and other times because of open doors in the mother and father. Because of generational curses, Spirits latch onto the DNA, and the baby can be born with a defect, a disease, or disabled. It is part of the curse that came upon man at the fall. However, um, a believing parent sanctifies the child through faith, as Paul said in First Corinthians chapter seven, and can deliver the child from the curse of. Uh, this defect or disease, right? Sarah, there are many things I want to teach you about the DNA. My people have a lack of knowledge. I also want to teach you about the DNA structure. It is an order. There are two orders. One comes out of hell, and the other out of who I am. Out of hell comes the order of Baal. And man plays the harlot with it. And I will call my order the order of I Am. This is the structure in your DNA. Inside the order of Baal is the structure, the nature, and the seed of Lucifer. Curse is a result of it. Most sickness are a result of it. Spiritual death is a result of it. Poverty is a result of it. And destruction is a result of it. I have spoken to you a lot about the pure bride and about what it means to be the pure bride. The pure bride has my DNA. She has my structure, my order, my nature, my seed in her. Blessing is a result of it. Life is a result of it. Prosperity is a result of it. Holiness and righteousness are a result of it. My bride has I am flowing through her veins, while the harlot bride, who has not cleansed her DNA, has hell operating through her, a mixed seed. My people are playing harlot because they have the order and the structure of Baal in them. And that is why they are double-minded, That is why they are still sick, and even though by my stripes you were healed, they have remained still sinful, unholy, and unrighteous. But they call themselves Christians, and I tell you the word Christian is reserved for those who are lukewarm. Yes, in so many ways, it's misused and constantly you are either my bride, holy, pure, and righteous, building your spirit house upon the rock of ages, living in my kingdom, or you are a quote, Christian, unquote. lukewarm, so called, saved, but deceived, so called good, but led astray without even knowing it. This quote, Christian unquote, is part of the harlot. She is, in fact, worse than than the sinner, because she is the same as the sinner in heart, but she thinks she is good. My people, if you want to go into the ark like Noah, you have to cleanse your DNA through applying my blood through repentance, through petitioning in my heavenly courtroom. Remember, your spirit can be holy and righteous and you can think you are on the right road because of it but if you do not take the next step through cleansing your dna and working on your soul dimension you are divided within yourself you know just as peter spoke about the soul needing salvation not just the spirit needing salvation and i'll repeat this part here he says you are divided within yourself In your spirit, on fire, and in your soul, cold, and therefore you are mixed, mixed and lukewarm. My bride is not mixed. She is single-minded and in unity with me, one in soul and spirit. Yes, she's one with the word in her heart and obedience to it. I want my people to break down the altar, the order and the structure of Baal in your blood, your DNA, that your forefathers have cast up like Gideon had to break down the altar of Baal. Well, yes, and come out of her my people, right? Judges 6, 26. Tear down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the wooden image that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock laid in proper order. In other words, proper arrangement. I was petitioning and repenting for my DNA, and while I did that, I saw a vision of inside my body, and I saw the many blood vessels, and Yeshua took me inside of my blood where he showed me how my DNA looks in the spirit. I saw the structure of the DNA and I saw two doors inside of my DNA blood. There was a black door and a golden door. The golden door was closed and the black door was open. And out of the black door, the DNA structure flowed. On the black door was written, Order of Bales slash Curse. And on the golden door was written, I am slash blessing. Which is filled with the fullness of Abba's character, attributes, nature. In the name of I am is the fullness of who he is. There were things written on the black structure that flowed out of the black door. I recognized it as pride and rebellion against I Am. Everything YHVH stands for. The nature of Hasatan. So, Satan, in other words. So, I started to pray for I Am's light to shine in my DNA. And I just started to repent of generational sin as Ruach HaKodesh revealed it to me. He went really deep, and I carried on for hours. While I was busy repenting, I saw the structure going back into the black door, like it was being reversed. I literally saw Yeshua inside of my blood. He closed the black door, and the door and the structure disappeared. Shattered, the order of Baal and and curses. It is as if the black door was a gateway of hell. Yeshua said, Each and every human has these two doors in their blood. Hell operates through the black door, through pride, rebellion, and curses. It is His nature flowing out of it. While I am and blessing flows through the way the truth, and the life. So Jesus comes through the spirit man and Satan and his minions through the inherited flesh uh, and its lusts, the carnal man. Amen. My people, you are in a DNA war. Awaken and see that the battle you are in is a blood battle. The enemy is out to defile your blood. Break down the order of Baal inside of you through repentance and petitioning. Your DNA is who you are. It is the core of you. I want you, I want who you are to be a vein, a vessel for I am, for I am to flow through you and be an altar of worship, singing holy set-apart, holy, set-apart, holy, set-apart, holy, set-apart, which is what holy means, right? And while he said that, the golden door flung open and a white structure flowed out with golden and silver writings on it. I am's character and nature was inside of it, humility, holiness, love, gentleness, etc. Sarah, my love, this is the message for this hour. Teach my people how to sanctify their DNA because this is what my bride looks like. I see what flows out of that door is his seed, love and righteousness. If it is the black door, it is Hasatan's seed, Pride and Rebellion. Father's seed births purity and holiness, or set-apartness, and results in a set-apart virgin bride, whereas Satan's seed births pride, harlotry, idolatry. It is a mixed seed, and this makes you a harlot bride that can give birth to Nephilim babies. Meaning dark spiritual giants, a mixture of flesh and demons. People who are big in the world because they are of the world and they are small before God. <clears throat> false Christians. Like the famous false Christians we see out there, I've called giants, right? Yeshua showed me that the written things on our DNA become what our mind meditates upon. We can meditate on flesh or spirit and bear the fruit thereof. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Romans 12 and 2 says, And be not fashioned according to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Your mind literally records whatever is inside the DNA. For example, when there is generational racism seed in your DNA, you have a judgmental, prideful, racist stronghold in your mind, of course, you don't acknowledge it as that. It's because you inherit the seed of your fathers. It it hides in you, and and when trauma occurs, it explodes like a bomb in your soul. It's the it's the same with homosexuality. If there is a seed of rejection to which a spirit latches, that attacks and breaks down your identity physically, and because there is no love inside of that seed, it can very easily manifest in one becoming homosexual. The homosexual spirit is the stronghold that the structure of your soul puts up to defend itself, but it comes out as a seed of rejection, out of the pits of hell. And, of course, many other spirits use the the spirit of rejection as a doorkeeper to let them in, rebellion, anger, frustration, domineering, Jezebel, witchcraft, faction, drunkenness, drug addiction, self-seeking, and so on. We are in a spiritual battle that manifests in the natural, and the war is already won if we would just start to apply the blood of the Lamb. We would start to taste victory and freedom. Our weapon is the blood of the Lamb, which carries Yeshua's DNA. And because it is the fullness of I Am's love poured out for our salvation, redemption, deliverance, and healing. Freedom. You know, if we walk in the light, meaning of the word, we have fellowship one with another, which which the wicked can't do. And uh, the blood of Jesus cleanses us of all unrighteousness. There you have the cleansing of your DNA. First John 1, 7 through 9. Going on, he said, Repent so that you can be called righteous like Noah was righteous in all of his generations. Amen. You can also see a link that we have here, Deliverance from Ejection and its Fear. Um, And I'll put the UBM site link here. Um, Restoration of the Body, Tommy Hicks, 72561. And my notes too. The following is an excerpt of a stunning vision given to American preacher Tommy Hicks, who was a major figure in the powerful 1954 Argentina revival. And it's called Vision of the Body of Christ and the End Time Ministries. In the book of Acts, we read, In the last days, God said, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. I wonder if we realize what he meant when God said, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. I do not think I fully realized, nor could I understand the fullness of it. And then I read from the book of Joel. Be glad, then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain. Joel 2 and 23. It's not only going to be the rain, the former rain and the latter rain, but he is going to give to his people in these last days a double portion of the power of God. As the vision appeared to me, after I was asleep, I suddenly found myself in a great high distance, he's talking about from the earth, where I was I do not know, but I was looking down upon the earth. And suddenly the whole earth came into my view. Every nation, every kindred, every tongue came before my sight from the east and the west and the north and the south. I recognized every country and many cities that I had been in, and I was almost in fear and trembling as I beheld the great sight before me. And at that moment when the world came into view, it began to lightning and thunder, as the lightning flashed over the face of the earth, my eyes went downward, and I was facing the north. Suddenly I beheld what looked like a great giant, and I was, as I stared and looked at it, I was almost bewildered by the sight. It was so gigantic and so great. His feet seemed to reach to the north pole and his head to the south. Its arms were stretched from sea to sea. I could not even begin to understand whether this was a mountain or a giant. Well, it's actually both. A mountain represents the kingdom of God, and this giant here is a member of the kingdom of God. But as I watched, I suddenly beheld a great giant, and I could see his head was struggling for life. He wanted to live but his body was covered with debris from head to foot. And at times this great giant would move his body and act as though it would even rise up at times. And when it did, thousands of little creatures seemed to run away. Hideous creatures would run away from this giant. And when he would become calm, they would come back. I believe these are the demons that are keeping God's people in bondage. All of a sudden, this great giant lifted his hand towards heaven, and then it lifted its other hand, and when it did, these creatures, by the thousands, seemed to flee away from this giant and to go into the darkness of the night. Slowly, this great giant began to rise, and as he did, his head and hands went into the clouds. And as he rose to his feet, he seemed to have cleansed himself from the debris and filth that was upon him. And he began to raise his hands into the heavens as though praising the Lord. And as he raised his hands, they went even into the clouds. Well, remember the great revival through Jesus in the Manchild reformers, and this is what it looks like. Suddenly, every cloud became silver, and most beautiful silver I have ever known. As I watched this phenomenon, it was so great, I could not even begin to understand what it all meant. I was so stirred as I watched it, and cried unto the Lord, and I said, O Lord, what is the meaning of this? And I felt as if I was actually in the Spirit and I could feel the presence of the Lord even as I was asleep. And from those clouds suddenly there came great drops of liquid light raining down upon this mighty giant. And slowly, slowly this giant began to melt, began to sink itself into the very earth itself. And as he melted, his whole form seemed to have melted upon the face of the earth. And this great rain began to come down. Liquid drops of light began to flood and the very earth itself. And as I watched this giant that seemed to melt, suddenly it became millions of people over the face of the earth. And as I beheld the sight before me, People stood up all over the world. They were lifting up their hands, and they were praising the Lord, something we've been uh, noticing a lot lately, praising the Lord. At that very moment, there came a great thunder that seemed to roar from the heavens. I turned my eyes towards the heavens, and suddenly I saw a figure in white, in glistening white the most glorious thing I have ever seen in my entire life. I did not see the face, but somehow I knew it was the Lord Jesus Christ. And he stretched forth his hand, and as he did, he would stretch it forth to one and to another and to another. And as he stretched forth his hand upon the nations and the people of the world, men and women, As he pointed towards them, this liquid light seemed to flow from his hands into them, and a mighty anointing of God came upon them, and those people began to go forth in the name of the Lord. I do not know how long I watched it. Uh, It seemed it went into days and weeks and months, and I beheld this Christ as he continued to stretch forth his hand, but there was a tragedy. There were many people as he stretched forth his hand that refused the anointing of God and the call of God. I saw men and women that I knew, people that I felt would certainly receive the call of God, but as he stretched forth his hand towards this one and towards that one, They simply bowed their head and began to back away. And each of those that seemed to bow down and back away seemed to go into darkness. Blackness seemed to swallow them everywhere. Well, their sin was more valuable to them than the anointing. That's the problem. I was bewildered as I watched it, But these people that he had anointed, hundreds of thousands of people all over the world, in Africa, England, Russia, China, America, all over the world, the anointing of God was upon these people as they went forward in the name of the Lord. I saw these men and women as they went forth. They were ditch diggers, they were washerwomen, they were rich men, they were poor men. I saw people who were bound with paralysis and sickness and blindness and deafness, as the Lord stretched forth to give them this anointing, they became well. They became healed, and they went forth. And this is the miracle of it. This is the glorious miracle of it. Those people would stretch forth their hands exactly as the Lord did. It seemed as if there was this same liquid fire in their hands. As they stretched forth their hands, they said, According to my word, be thou made whole. As these people continued in this mighty end-time ministry, I did not fully realize what it was. And I looked to the Lord and said, What is the meaning of this? And He said, This is that which I will do in the last days. I will restore all the canker worm, the palmer worm, the caterpillar, I will restore all that they have destroyed. This is my people. it, it In the end times will go forth. As a mighty army, shall, they shall sweep over the face of the earth. So this is the great restoration that the Lord speaks about in Joel chapter 2. He's going to restore all things, as he says in Acts. And as I was in this great height, I could behold the whole world. I watched these people as they were going to and fro over the face of the earth. Suddenly, there was a man in Africa, and in a moment he was transported by the Spirit of God, and perhaps he was in Russia or China or America or some other place, and vice versa. All over the world these people went. They came through fire And through pestilence and through famine, neither fire nor persecution, nothing seemed to stop them. Angry mobs came to them with swords and with guns, and like Jesus, they passed through the multitudes, and they could not find them. But they went forth in the name of the Lord, and everywhere they stretched forth their hands, the sick were healed, the blind eyes were opened. There was not a long prayer, and after I had reviewed the vision, many times in my mind I thought about it, many times I realized that I never saw a church, I never saw or heard a denomination, but these people were going in the name of the Lord of hosts, hallelujah as they marched forth in everything they did as the ministry of Christ in the end times. These people were ministering to the multitudes over the face of the earth. Tens of thousands, even millions, seemed to come to the Lord Jesus Christ as these people stood forth and gave the message of the kingdom, of the coming kingdom, in this last hour. It was so glorious, but it seems as though There were those that rebelled. They would become angry. They tried to attack those workers that were giving the message. As it was with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And by the way, as it has been with us, these wicked people have attacked us. Even in the midst of a wonderful revival. God is going to give the world a demonstration in this last hour as the world has never known these men and women are, Or of all walks of life, degrees will mean nothing. I saw these workers as they were going over the face of the earth. When one would stumble and fall, another would come and pick him up. There were no big eyes and little use. But every mountain was brought low, and every valley was exalted. And they seemed to have one thing in common. There was a divine love, a divine love that seemed to flow forth from these people as they worked together and as they lived together. It was the most glorious sight that I have ever known. Jesus Christ was the theme of their life. They continued, and it seemed the days went by. As I stood and beheld this sight, I could only cry, and sometimes I laughed. It was so wonderful as these people went throughout the face of the whole earth, bringing forth this last in time. As I watched from the very heaven itself, there were times when great deluges of this liquid light seemed to fall upon great congregations and that congregation would lift up their hands and seemingly praise God for hours and even days as the Spirit of God came upon them. God said, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. And that's exactly this thing. And to every man and every woman that received this power and the anointing of God, the miracles of God, that were no ending to it. Amen. And um, here's um, an excerpt from uh, Ministering Angels through UBM number 3. We called it UBM Angels, give some details of the coming great revival. David asked, What can you tell us about the supernatural methods to get the gospel out and heal, deliver, and save? The angel Baruch said, The methods of man will not be employed to reach the peoples of the earth in the days that are coming. The methods are all of the spirit realm and will be administered by the angels who are going to distribute the gifts to the saints, meaning the sanctified ones. These include gifts of translation from place to place, to uh, language, uh, healing, laying on of hands to impart to others their needs and what they have lacking, and uh, to replicate the gifts by passing them on to others whom the angels will point out. Supernatural downloads of wisdom and knowledge will be received for specific situations. And David asked, what about deliverances? And Baruch said, the enemy will be on the run during this time. Deliverances will be instantaneous with no resistance on their part. Well, let me say, too, that many deliverance um, are this way now if there is cooperation on the part of the victim in repentance and faith, right? Uh, Baruch went on, they will no longer be able to hide in flesh because of the light of revival and the fire of truth that will sweep the elect of the globe. And Eve said here, she said... um, this means uh, demons will be fleeing left and right out of people as the true fire of the Holy Spirit fills each one and searches the depths of each individual, and there won't be any place left for them to hide in the elect of God. Amen. And David asked, will there be mass healings and deliverances? And Baruch said, yes, there will these will all take place on the largest scale in human history. And Eve said, uh, Meaning masses of people will supernaturally be delivered and healed all at once for time's sake because the need is so great and the darkness so pervasive. Then the angel Shemuel said, A great move of God is coming upon the younger generations. In other words, the millennials, uh, Generation Z, right? There is a mildew and rottenness that has been cast upon this crop by Satan, a perpetual darkness so that the sun has not shone upon them. They languish and rot in the field, and their fruit is poisoned. But the sun is coming to shine down upon them, and he will burn up all the disease and mildew of their lives, and the heat of his fire will burn through them and cleanse and restore them to the purpose that they were created for. There has never been a revival like this that will sweep the whole earth. This will be entirely an act of God, supernatural and undeniable. He will not forsake the youth of this final generation." Amen, so said the angel there. Okay, well, our promised DNA restoration, and this is an excerpt from Ministering Angels through UVM number three also. And David asked, What does the coming restoration involve personally? 30 years younger? (laughs) The angel Jeruel answered, Restoration on a DNA cellular level. Faith and power will be imputed to receive healing and restoration. It will be complete restoration, not partial. Wow. Uh, The first fruits are first. They will be the trailblazers. Well, okay, We, we know that. We've seen that. Um this restoration is a complete restoration. In other words, without the curse. The curse is what's brought about this degeneration. And, of course, God's Word and our right relationship to it and our love of Him and our praise of Him will bring about this reversal. Going on. There will also be a mighty supernatural outpouring of spiritual restoration of closeness to God through His Holy Spirit. Then David asked, When will the Lord restore our teeth? And the angel Baruch said, When the DNA restoration takes place, teeth will be restored as well. I had two molars completely restored, no filling, no nothing, just by God, you know. So he does that. Some people don't think he do, does that. Our corporate birthday party, Isaac Payne. And this was given on 8-19-22. In this dream, I was hosting a birthday party at my double wide in Florida. And I think Florida is, a symbol, is symbolic due to it being called the sunshine state. We'll use S-O-N. How about that? Also, I think that the double wide represents John 1 and 16, for of His fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. Double grace, hence double wide. The walls of the double wide were sky blue, and pretty much everything in the double wide was blue. Blue represents heavenly as the birthday party began we be, we welcomed many people inside what was odd was it wasn't anyone's birthday in particular but actually seemed like a shared birthday party well it could be the corporate birthing of jesus in the man child reformers and then choosing the bride I looked around and I saw Missy Pollock and her husband Merle in the birthday party sitting at the dining room table. They looked very happy. And I remember thinking Merle is a really fit guy and in good shape and Missy too. And this may be the timing of the DNA restoration. Who knows? I saw my uncle Ronnie come to the party also. Ronnie means ruler. Advice, decision, bringer of victory. Probably representing the father. And also David Eels, representing the man-child Davids, was there at the house for uh, the birthday party as well. I continued to look around and also saw my cousins, Josh and Jake. Joshua means God is deliverance. And Jacob, Jacob represents Israel, as a type of the church, right? Ronnie, Josh, and Jake are my actual family members on my dad's side in real life. (laughs) Well, now they are also in your spirit life, right? I think this points to spiritual Israel since Jacob was renamed Israel, Romans 9 and 6. But it is not as though the Word of God has come to naught for they are not all Israel that are of Israel. But also he took the birthright from Esau. I believe we have been given the birthright from Christ as we are the 42nd generation and have overcome the old man represented by Esau. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says, For however many soever be the promises of God, in him is the yea. And wherefore, also through him is the Amen, the so be it, right? Unto the glory of God through us. And then I awoke. And I also believe this is confirmation uh, for the DNA regeneration that we are told we would receive. Yes, there wasn't one feeble one among them when they went into the wilderness. Something happened. And when they, uh, when Moses, that said of Moses that his eye was not dimmed nor his natural force abated. And he was an old man. <laughs> there was a restoration. The great restoration. You know, the Lord reveals that there will be a restoration of his people's lives in an outpouring of the Spirit after the northern army. As a type of the faction in the government and in the church, is defeated at the spiritual Red Sea. This is primarily a restoration to the bride as a first fruits, and later through the bride to the church. The Lord has showed us that this Northern Army attack symbolizes the ongoing deep state attack on the U.S. using pestilence, sword, famine, and fire, which is listed in Scripture many times in Babylon's war against the apostate leadership typed as Jerusalem and God's apostate people. The northern army of Assyria tried to conquer righteous Jerusalem, the bride. They had already conquered the apostate northern tribes, which faction and apostates have done because these conquered ones are not the bride. And the bride, of course, escaped. And here also is mentioned the restoration of the years of this enemy had plundered from God's people. Joel 2, 20-27. But I will remove far off from you the northern army, and I will drive it into a land barren and desolate its forepart into the eastern sea and its hinder part into the western sea. And its stench shall come up and its ill savor shall come up because it hath done great things. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord hath done great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth its fruit, and the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he giveth you the former rain in just measure, and he causes to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. Some people think the latter rain has already come, but that's false. This coming revival is going to sprout the latter rain first on the Reformers and then through the Reformers to the body, just like it was with Jesus and his disciples. And verse 24, and the floor shall be full of wheat and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. In other words, fruit will be born. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent against you. And they're likened to this because God's people are a crop that's been sown in the earth, right? And these are the enemies of that crop. And we have all been partakers of them from the beginning. Uh, That's the curse. And the curse has been conquered by Jesus Christ, if we believe it and speak it. Verse 26, And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and shall praise the name of the Lord your God, that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and there is none else, and my people shall never be put to shame. I believe that this restoration incorporates the power of the Spirit, health, youth, prosperity, doctrines, uh, fruit, gifts, authority, and a general deliverance from all of the curse that Jesus paid for. Galatians 3 and 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. That's a curse that comes upon mankind because of breaking God's law. Very simple. Having become a curse for us, he became a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. So this restoration will bring with the bride, will begin with the bride, who will spread this gospel to the true church of the called out ones. Psalm 103, 1-5 says, A Psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits, who forgiveth all of thine iniquities, and healeth all of thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with lovingkindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy desire with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. Well, eagles, um, like other birds, molt. They molt four times before reaching adulthood. And once they achieve their final adult plumage, it is likely that the bald eagles molt their flight feathers just about every year. So this represents new clothing, which helps it overcome the gravity of the world. Gravity is like the curse, pulling people down towards the dirt, right? (laughs) And Romans 13 and 14 says this, And put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. So these represent born-again eagles. And uh, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh, to fulfill the lust thereof. Amen. Amen. Job 33 and 25 says, His flesh shall be fresher than a child's. He returneth to the days of his youth. Hmm. God's people coming out of Egypt at the time of the Red Sea received their youthful restoration. Psalm 105 and 37 and he brought them forth with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among his tribes. And the things that have been are the things that shall be. Deuteronomy 34 and 7 says, And Moses was a hundred and twenty years old when he died, and his eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. And Nehemiah 9, 21, Yea, forty years did this Did thou sustain them in the wilderness? And they lacked nothing. Their clothes waxed not old, and their feet swelled not. Second Corinthians 5 and 17. Wherefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, they are become new. O praise the Lord. God's got a work to do. So, abiding in the mind of Christ, the lion's head will bring about this new creation man. Amen. Psalm 132, 13-18. For the Lord hath chosen Zion, the bride. He hath desired it for his habitation. This is my resting place forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Her priests also will I clothe with salvation. And her saints shall shout aloud for joy. There will I make the horn of David to bud. I have ordained a lamp for mine anointed. His enemies will I clothe with shame but upon himself shall his crown flourish. That represents the David man-child ministry. Psalm 133 and 3, Like the dew of Hermon that cometh down upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Acts 3, 19-21, Repent ye therefore and turn again that your sins may be blotted out So there may come seasons of refreshing from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who hath been appointed for you, even Jesus, whom the heavens must receive until the times of the restoration of all things, whereof God spake by the mouth of his holy prophets that have been from of old. Yes, Jesus is coming. He's coming first in his man-child and in his witnesses and then to the rest of the church. And he is going to restore the DNA. So Jesus will first come manifested in the man-child Reformation ministry to restore all that was stolen from God's people, just as he did in his first body, except on a much larger scale. Hosea 6, 1 through 3. Come, let us return unto the Lord, for He hath torn, and He will heal us. He hath smitten, and He will bind us up. After two days will He revive us, and on the third day He will raise us up, and we shall live before Him. And of course, we have entered that third day, the third thousand-year day. And let us know, let us follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is sure as the morning. He will come unto us as the rain, as the latter rain that watereth the earth. There, all you deceived people who think there's a flyaway rapture here. This is how he is coming. And First Peter 5 and 10 and the God of all grace, who called you into His eternal glory in Christ, after that you have received, have suffered a little while, shall Himself perfect, establish, and strengthen you. In Psalm 71, 23, 21, Thou who hast showed us many and sore troubles, wilt quicken, meaning make us alive, uh, us again, and wilt bring us up again from the depths of the earth. Now, gravity won't hold them. <laughs> Increase thou uh, my greatness and turn again and comfort me. And Jeremiah thirty one through 3 says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord, the God of Israel, saying, Write thee all the words that I have spoken unto thee in a book, For lo, the days come, says the Lord, that I will turn again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah. They are coming out of Babylonish captivity to dead religion, saith the Lord. And I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. And this speaks of the church coming out of captivity to the beast kingdom to return to the land of milk and honey, the land of our spiritual forefathers in the Gospels and in the book of Acts. We're going to have our own book of Acts, but greater in scope and intensity and miracles. Isaiah 40 and 31. But they that wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall... Run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So what energy Father will put into his people to bring in this great harvest? Wow. Jeremiah 29, 11-14 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a hope in your latter end. And you shall call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all of your heart. And I will be found of you, says the Lord, and I will turn again your captivity. And I will gather you from the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you again unto the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive, that is, out of Jerusalem, the holy city, not the physical holy city, the real holy city. Back to the bride that we started from. In John 3 and 29, he that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom that standeth and heareth him rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Yes, this is my joy, therefore is made full. Amen. So let it be, Lord, let it be. Jesus' name. Isaiah 60, 10-22. And foreigners shall build up thy walls, and their kings shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor I have had mercy on thee. Thy gates also shall be opened continually. They shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto thee the wealth of the nations, and their kings led captive. For that nation and kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted, The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee, the fir tree, the pine, the box tree together to beautify the place of my sanctuary. And I will make the place of my feet glorious. And the sons of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee, and all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down to the soles of your feet. And they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas thou hast been forsaken and hated, so that no man pass through thee, I will make thee an eternal excellency, a joy of many generations. Thou shalt also suck the milk of the nations, thou shalt suck the breast of kings, thou shalt Know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. And for brass I will bring gold. Pretty good trade, wouldn't you say? And for iron I will bring silver, and for wood brass, and for stones iron. A great increase in value in life and possessions. I will also make thy officers peace, and in thine exactors righteousness, Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, desolation nor destruction within thy borders, but thou shalt call thy walls salvation, and thy gates praise. The sun shall be no more thy light by day, neither by brightness, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, but the Lord will be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy God thy glory. Thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be thine everlasting light, and the days of thy mourning shall be ended. Thy people also shall be all righteous, and they shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified." And the little one shall become a thousand, and the small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. A great revival with multitudes coming to the kingdom of God is on the way. Isaiah 61, 1-11 through 11. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because... The Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, and to give unto them a garland for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Amen. And they shall build the old wastes. They shall raise up the former desolations. They'll renew the kingdom, right? And they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations, and the strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers, But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you ministers of our God, and you shall eat the wealth of the nations, and in their glory shall ye you boast yourselves." So instead of your shame, you shall have double. And instead of dishonor, you shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be upon them. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery with iniquity. Yes, he still does. Remember that, all you factious people. And I will give them their recompense in truth, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them, and their seed shall be known among the nations, and their offspring among the peoples. All that see them shall acknowledge them, that they are the seed which the Lord hath blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with a garland, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. For as the earth bringeth forth its bud, and as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Deuteronomy thirty one through ten, and it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations whither the Lord thy God hath driven thee, and shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shalt obey His voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children with all thy heart and with all thy soul, that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and return and gather thee from all the peoples whither the Lord thy God has scattered thee. Yes, people of God in all nations are more like that nation than they are like God's kingdom. And this is what God is going to make a change If any of thine outcasts be in the uttermost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it. And he will do thee good, and multiply thee above thy fathers. Amen. In other words, the former reign is going to be nothing compared to the latter reign. Hmm. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thy heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. And the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies, and on them that hate thee, that persecuted thee. He's already doing it. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord and do all His commandments. Which I command thee this day. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in all the work of thy hand, and in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy fathers. And if thou shalt obey, the voice of the Lord thy God, to keep His commandments and His statutes, which are written in this book of the law. If thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Amen. And Hosea 6, 1-3, Come and let us return unto the Lord, for He hath torn, and He will heal us. He hath smitten, and He will bind us up. After two days, Will he revive us on the third day? He will raise us up, and we shall live before him. Let us know, let us follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is as sure as the morning, and he will come unto us as the rain, as the latter rain that watereth the earth. And great revival and restoration will come. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10 says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them round about and behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, thou knowest Again he said unto me, Prophesy over these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath, or spirit, same word, to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath, or spirit. In you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, an earthquake, (laughs) and the bones came together, bone to its bone, and I beheld, and lo, there were sinews upon them. I think there's a great earthquake, a worldwide earthquake coming, and it's going to lead to revival. And flesh came up, and skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Again, the Spirit of God. Prophesy, Son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe. That's the word for spirit. Upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied, as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. They lived and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. Just like Tommy Hicks' revelation. Praise God. Isaiah 2, 1 through 3. The word of the Lord that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains. In other words, they will be under their feet of the bride right here. And shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow into it. And many peoples shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And Isaiah 49, 13 through 23 says, Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord hath comforted his people and will have compassion upon his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and the Lord hath forgotten me. Can a woman forget her suckling child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, these may forget, yet will not I forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands, and thy walls are continually before me. Thy children make haste, thy destroyers and they that made thee waste shall go forth from thee. So, the faction is separated from the bride. We see here. Lift up thine eyes round about, and behold, all these gather themselves together and come to thee. As I live, says the Lord, thou shalt surely clothe thee with them as with an ornament, and gird thyself with them as a bride. For as for thy waste and thy desolate places and thy land that hath been destroyed. Surely now shalt thou be too straight for the inhabitants, and they that swallowed thee up shall be far away. The children of thy bereavement shall yet say in thine ears, The place is too straight for me. Give place to me that I may dwell. They want to come back. The elect among them want to come back. Then shalt thou say in thy heart, Who hath begotten me these, seeing I have been bereaved of my children, and am solitary, an exile, and wandering to and fro? Who hath brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. These, where were they? Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will lift up my hand to the nations, and set up my ensign to the peoples. And they shall bring thy sons from in their bosom, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. And the kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and their queens thy nursing mothers. And they shall bow down to thee with their faces to the earth, and lick the dust of thy feet. And thou shalt know that I am the Lord, and they that wait for me shall not be put to shame. Amen. Psalm 66 and 12. Thou didst cause men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Amos 9 and 14. And I will bring back the captivity of my people Israel, and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof, And they shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them. 2 Kings 8, 1-6 Now Elisha had spoken unto the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, and go thou and thy household, and sojourn wheresoever thou canst sojourn. For the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land for seven years." the woman arose and did according to the word of the man of God. And she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass at the seven years' end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines, and she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. Now the king was talking with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha hath done. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored to life him that was dead, that, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, uh... O king, this is the woman, this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers, and all the fruits of the fields, since the day that she left the land, even until now. I believe that's very prophetic of those returning out of the land of the old man, right? So the woman with uh, resurrected man-child returned out of the land of the beast to her promised land, which the king restored unto her with fruit multiplied. And this was as Israel had a famine and went into Egypt because there was grain stored up under Joseph during the seven years of plenty until the exodus back to their land, which was restored by the king. And this was as the first fruits with the man child that came out of Babylon and returned to their promised land. Amen. Well, Lord, uh, we thank you for the great restoration you have planned for your people. We praise and we give thanks unto you, O Lord our God. Thank you for this mighty work that you're going to begin. In fact, you may have begun it. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty miracles poured out for your people. Lord, confirm your word with signs and wonders following. You know, the Pharisees out there are saying the same thing. Ah, Oh, he does his works by Beelzebub. Yes, they blaspheme the work of the Holy Spirit. They're very critical of things they do not understand. All they need to do is read the book of Acts and know that that was the former reign. The latter reign is greater than that. Mightier miracles than that will bring forth God's people and make them to realize that only God can do this. Amen. Well, thank you, Father. We appreciate so much this opportunity. We ask, Lord, that your people will uh, return to your word, which is uh, the land of promises, and uh, fill their heart and life with your word and be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidences of the gifts. And uh, and this they'll be prepared for what is coming. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father. Amen. And God bless you, saints. Have a wonderful day. We will do this again sometime. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: For information, materials, and to contribute, go to UnleavenedBreadMinistries.org Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels. Post office box twenty three sixteen sixteen Montgomery, Alabama three six one two three. Can quench my thirsting soul. Pure as water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, O oh, Jesus. I trust in you the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe, for your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you. And when I face the darkest night, Shining rays of red and white, Jesus, I trust in you. Sacred heart, in you I find mercy seated for all time. I am yours and you are mine, oh Jesus, I trust in you. My Lord Jesus.